Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group, uh, speaking with Geshravdi Krishna, Technical Advisor for the Digital Security Provider, Jamalto. Welcome, Krishna. Hello. Please take a few moments to tell us about the research going on at Jamalto. What's in the pipeline that might change the way organizations secure their digital assets in the next six months, a year or two? We have a fairly broad agenda on research and development, and we're just going to focus on three important areas. We have experts in cryptography, so we're looking at cryptography as very key enabling area, cryptographic protocols, algorithms, and just different ways of actually encrypting, signing, and so on, uh, digital information. And we're looking at user-centric identity. Jamalto makes devices that secure the end user, and that's sort of what is unique about Gemalto. So we, it's very important for us that this technology that we make for securing the end user is easy to use and that the user is at the center of that experience. So we look at user-centric identity from a use uh, and convenience perspective as well as from identity management and identity management protocols. And we we make, as you know, smart cards and we actually call them more broadly security devices. So we are researching different kinds of security devices that can complement our, you know, increasing digital lives, uh, a smart card, as I mentioned earlier, and then that, you know, things like secure USB tokens and badge holders that can complement things like smart cards and other kinds of devices like readers and things that actually complement the end user from providing security services. We also do a whole bunch of stuff around mobile technology in terms of providing the enabling piece in uh, the mobile ecosystem, the UICC more commonly known as the SIN card. And we do a bunch of stuff there, but those three, cryptography, user-centric identity, and security devices are some of the areas that we are actively focusing on. How are these technologies evolving, and what kind of things would the users notice in a year or two that they don't notice now? I refer to them as complementary technologies in the sense that there's an entire ecosystem of of usage. These technologies actually complement the end user ecosystem. And the evolution is actually from, as you've probably been seeing and you hear a lot about from, uh, personal computing is getting enriched by another complement, which is having your data and your computing activity take place in the cloud. You know, the problems are different. Uh, the solutions that you see may need sort of different ways of actually thinking about as well as solving. How organizations secure IT in some ways is also a personal responsibility of the individual user. Is that correct? Yes. If you look at how we have evolved over time, we used to have desktop systems where, you know, you came in, you did, did your stuff in your office, and all the all the aspects of your working and securing your work that went along with that. We, we now carry pretty much our work with us, uh, laptops and notebooks. is pretty dominant now where you, you carry your work. There's also this thinking about, well, you know, th- this is good. This has actually empowered us quite a bit, you know, the fact that we have access to our stuff from anywhere, anytime, in a sense, but we are still carrying this device. Along with that came the responsibility of you making sure that your data was protected, that your data was taken care of, because some of it was your data, some of it was the corporation's data that you worked for. But convenience is still a very important thing. So now as we try to look at some other ways where we can work, where you have all of this data now sitting elsewhere, now increasingly access to that is is even more critically important. It's very convenient because you have access to it anywhere, but it's important that 
It's only you who has access to it and not anybody else. Let's talk a little about that. When you say only you have access to that, we're talking about things like authentication, correct? Exactly. So what's changing about authentication? Two things. It's becoming increasingly important as to the way you authenticate in. We've always had a lot of username password. This has been always a problem, but people are becoming also more aware that 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 alone will not do. Uh, and a lot you see a lot of traditional systems that were just using username passwords in say in, in a browser with HTTP requiring now you know HTTPS as well as complementing it with other two-factor style techniques like one-time password. Getting your a digital representation of yourself, your digital credential woven into this authentication is also becoming increasingly important because, like I said, you have now a honeypot of your information out there, and you want to make sure that it's only you who can get it. And one of the best ways to do that is to use a digital security technology like is provided with smart cards that you have a credential that represents you and you have a whole bunch of protocols and infrastructure that knows how to transport that credential as you and unlock the doors that you need unlocked to get to your stuff. That's technology that already exists? Some of this technology already exists. Uh, Some of this technology is more geared towards the personal computing environment and the things that need to be worked out is how they translate well to the web and the the cloud environment. So in other words, there are technologies, as you say, that deal with, say, these two-factor authentications you're just referring to that works well with PCs and internal systems, but you're saying that there's still challenges out there to make them effective in cloud computing? Yes, it is technology, so there's always room for improvement. There's always ways we can do this better. Even if you look back in the PC space, some of the work that we have done is, uh, you know, uh, how to simplify access to uh, your credential through the software stack that's made available by the PC maker. And that's been an interesting uh, journey from, you know, it's uh, very technology heavy. By the time you solve the tough problems, you sort of end up forgetting that, okay, hey, there's a user there who will have to actually go through some of these hoops. So what we have done is consciously seen how we can simplify it, you know, just not only with us, but with partners uh, in the industry to see how we can set forth some standards that will make that experience easy. It has gotten much better. You know, now you have uh, software that's sort of plug and play from a user perspective, inserts a smart card, whatever software is needed for it, it can come uh, on demand. It's this kind of ease that we think is very important that we need to bring to the cloud story. So one-time password, as you mentioned, is also one of those technologies that has been going from the different sort of time-based one-time passwords to something more like event-based, like both have it standardized, have it easily available, have the infrastructure that's able to accept it. These are things we have been working on and we continue to work on to make that easy. Where do you see the evolution of identity management heading? Identity management is evolving from something that's mature in the enterprise, where there have been uh, lots of standards like uh, SAML and from the good old days, something called Liberty Alliance that has found implementations in the enterprise. Where it's headed for the past few years and headed more aggressively because of initiatives like EDGE, the National Strategy for Trusted Identity in Cyberspace, which is an initiative from the administration to bring these topics of digital identity and security and privacy to the forefront, knowing that these are real problems people have. Identity management moving from the enterprise to the end user in a more broader perspective. And this is coupled with a lot of activity that has happened on the internet, in the open source community, in the community in general, around easier ways people can actually authenticate into their accounts, right? So you have technologies like OpenID, you have technologies like CardSpace, 
basically simple end-user-based identity management technologies that let people who don't know a whole lot about all the intricacies of it but have easy access. There is now a lot of plumbing that is available for you to actually do this stuff using good standard protocols and connect them. You know, things like Facebook Connect, at least 500 million users out there know how to use it. But the technologies behind it are pretty sophisticated and, you know, they are all well wetted out and grounded in some really good research. Anything else you'd like to discuss? So one part of what we think about is, you know, how do you secure access to the cloud? The other one is, how do you secure access to your own data, uh, which you can carry around with you in your person conveniently? And the form factor for that are sort of, you know, USB sticks, right? I mean, you, you take your USB token, you carry your data with it. And it becomes increasingly important to make sure that what you're carrying, if you misplace it or accidentally lose it somewhere, the data in there is safe. You know, we've come up with over the years some, with some very interesting devices that actually bring the security of smart cards to the, the traditional USB mass storage device, right? And it not only solves the problem of your data being protected, it also enables other possibilities because now that you have a smart card, you can also have your digital certificate in it. And you could do more stuff with it, right? And you could you could sign documents or you could encrypt things not only on your device but also maybe in the cloud. This kind of combination makes for a sort of interesting family of, of devices. If you're a CISO of an organization and you're giving your employees these kind of devices, what are the management challenges from a, a CISO's perspective? The management challenges are first to make sure if indeed these devices do get misplaced, how you can ensure that if there is data in it, if it maybe it has to be backed up someplace, right? So, so one of the challenges is bringing this culture of, okay, you're going to put some data on a stick for convenience. Well, we have to make sure that, you know, some accountability of that data. And the other challenge is the endpoint that are there in your enterprise. You have to make sure that, you know, only that kind of devices, a device with certain security properties can connect to the endpoints of your enterprise. And then the challenge of actually issuing those devices, binding those devices to a user and having a whole technique of managing the life cycle of getting that device to you. And when you leave as, as you move to another part of the organization or leave the organization, when you get that device back, bringing it back into the pool for circulation. So these sort of things are the challenges. I mean, the U.S. government has been at the forefront of actually this, getting this technology deployed and used, started with what was called the Common Access Card, which has now converged to a very mature program called PIV PIV, Personal Identity Verification. And there's a whole, it comes out of, you know, the HSPD 12 initiative from the government as well. So you have standards around that and you have standards around things like securing access for transportation workers or first responders, programs such as Tweak and Frac. And, of course, even, you know, the ultimate representation of you, the, the passport, right? The, the passport is now a electronic passport, which is not just some print, but along with it, some digital representation of you. And these are all actually, best part is these are all standards, right? And they work not only for you, but they work across different countries that you might visit. Philip Reidinger, the Deputy Undersecretary of Homeland Security, before Congress earlier this year, when asked about separating physical security from virtual security, he felt they should go together. His rationale was, in part, that the same technologies that can be used in passports or can secure facilities using smart cards and things like that can also be used to secure data in the virtual world. What do you think of that? 
That's a good point, right? And, and I think the NSTIC stuff is basically also very much in line with that thing. But we have issued these identities, so to speak, to people. And so whatever it is that we build, whatever infrastructure we build for identity management should actually make use of these digital identities that we have distributed. The more conventional use is the physical access aspect. Coupled with that is what has already been issued, not requiring anything new because there's, you know, a huge cost involved in sort of getting people to sort of move to something different. And the challenge for us, by the way, is to make use of what is already issued and have it fit in with some of the things we've discussed earlier, right? Like how does that actually bridge to, say, OpenID? Can we use already the identity that is issued for an OpenID style authentication? Like how would you do that? I think that's a very important point because I think when you are going to ask or going to require people, you know, a whole new refresh to be able to work with a infrastructure that's being proposed, the buy-in and getting into that is going to be that much more tougher. So that's a good point. That's how it should be, actually. Is that the way your company approaches things? I mean, when you look at technologies, are you looking for us to be accessing physical facilities versus virtual ones, or do you see it being combined? We see that combined, and even with smart cards, you have you know you have contact smart cards, and you have contactless smart cards. You know all standards-based technologies. So you have you know combination cards, or you have cards that have two separate technologies on them. You have a contact technology and a different contactless technology, and it absolutely makes sense to have them combined because you have different use cases that you address. Well, I thank you again for spending time with us. Okay, it was a pleasure. I've been speaking with Kishrabdi Krishna of the digital security provider Jamalto. I'm Eric Chabra of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.